0: Hello fellow Robo Capitals, hope you're well. So we all thought the medicine mandates were behind us. Fortunately, we were wrong. Let's go right over to this article from Zero Hedge. Title, Social Credit Brazilian Style. All UBI recipients, welfare, must have the medicine. And this is not from 2021, believe it or not. This is from 2023. And the author, Mark Jeftovic via bombthrower.com, this is what CBDCs are being built for. I think he's right to a certain point. I think this is definitely one of the reasons why CBDCs are being implemented uh, for UBI and to control UBI to a significant degree, but where I would differ and I think this is a very important distinction, and we'll get to this later on in the article, is differentiating between a central bank digital currency and a central bank ledger system and software. For those of you who watched my last whiteboard video, you know exactly what I'm talking, maybe it was the one prior, but one of my last two whiteboard videos where I went over a central bank digital currency, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you didn't watch that video, Don't worry about it. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Okay, let's get down the article. Anybody who seriously thinks UBI programs of the future won't be full-blown social credit system need to look no further than Brazil. Got no disagreement there. (laughs) I absolutely think they'll be part of a full-blown social credit system where newly selected or elected socialist globalist Lula da Silva just decreed that the Bolsa Familia program will require family members to be in order to continue receiving benefits and if you've been living under a rock for the last at least year or if you haven't watched any of my videos on this topic you may say to yourself okay george well this makes sense because they want to keep the rates low and hey if it's safe and effective why not but what i was pointing out back in geez 2020 2021 at the latest was it, it's not, you can't just say it's quote unquote safe. What does that even mean? It, nothing is completely risk-free. So how are you defining safe? And then obviously it's not hundred percent effective. So what are we talking about here? And when you get into the nuance, and again, we were talking about this on this channel way back and at least or at the latest 2021. So when you look at a cost benefit analysis, age stratified, that's when you see how I want to use the word BS, but we'll go ahead and keep it kid friendly. That's when you see the lie. That's when the lie is exposed. They're quote unquote following the science. Because when you age stratify it, even based on data from a couple of years ago, you see that there is far, far more risk or cost. For a person, let's say under the age of 30, to go ahead and take the medicine, assuming they're healthy, assuming they're in reasonable shape, there's far more cost to that person than benefit, that's for sure. So the fact that this includes the entire family, according to this article, will cry Will require family members. So that would include five year olds, 10 year olds, 15 year olds, 20 year olds, all these people where the science tells us that they have a higher risk than the actual reward. So that just goes to show you that none of this, zero, nada, is based on science whatsoever. It's based on narrative or it's just simply based on wanting fewer people on Earth. I'll let you decide which is most probable. So the Bolsa program is a social welfare program for the poorest families in Brazil, a kind of universal basic income. Lula says Brazilians can receive financial aid only if they have taken the medicine. Bolsa Familia will require medicine certs from participants and their children. Man, think, oh my gosh, think of how twisted you have to be to know darn well the risk for children, for heaven's sakes, children we're talking about, is higher than the reward. You know that, and yet you're still making it mandatory. And and even worse, you're making it mandatory by using money as a carrot on the stick in front of the horse. So basically what he is saying is, I will give you money if you increase the risk of your child having a negative health event in the future. So if you put your child at risk, I will give you money. And if you don't put your child at risk, I will take away your money. Think about how sick in the head you have to be to implement that type of program. The author says CBDCs will be the rails for UBI programs. The emergency, emergence of central bank digital currencies, initiatives in nearly every nation on earth clearly signals the direction We are headed, nearly every CBDC white paper or proposal I've come across has the following characteristics. Number one, use buy dates or expiry dates. So basically, here's your 2000 UBI. You have to spend it at the end of the month. If you don't, it disappears. Number two, anti-hoarding, anti-hoarding features. So probably if you have too much savings as a percentage of your annual income, boom, it's gone. Total information awareness. This is just basically where they track every single thing that you buy down to a, a very in-depth detail. And then they then that data accumulates. It's not like they're just receiving it and throwing it in the trash. They aggregate the data. They And then this gives them an idea of what your social score is. And then that impacts other areas of your life, such as what your interest rate will be next time you get a home loan social credit systems. And then that's number four. Number five, carbon footprint tracking, which I would say is very similar to a social credit system. But we've talked about that on this channel all the time when they track how much diesel you buy, how much meat, how much, whatever it is they don't like, that's what they're going to track. And they're going to give you a monthly allowance for your carbon footprint. And if you've gone over that allowance, then they can go ahead and cut you off as far as accessing your account that you have at the Fed. And I I specifically said account that you have at the Fed because this is where I start to differ with the author here. The ultimate endgame CBDCs, no hidden agenda, or there is no hidden agenda or conspiracy around this. This is, yeah, I mean, I've been talking about this since 2019. And as you guys remember back then, everyone was calling me a Tim Foyle hatter. So they talk about why CBDCs will ultimately fail. Basically, the the gist here is that this overreach with the government, people will start to push back and they'll just get sick and tired of it. And they start to talk about how people will prefer cash, crypto, or Bitcoin. So let me go ahead and read right from the article here. Incentives matter. And that's why nobody in their right mind is going to hold any wealth in CBDCs and keep their transactions within it to the lowest practical level. The overall global system of governance is in a fourth turning style restructuring with institutional legitimacy in tatters and public trust plummeting. CBDCs are typical and symbolic of last gasp of industrial era central planned economies. Here is where I, I start to differ. And you may say, George, well, you're splitting hairs, but once you, I think, really understand what I'm referring to and the plumbing of the system, you'll agree with me that it's not just splitting hairs. These are very, very important details. So the way this gentleman is presenting the CBDC, as it, uh, he's presenting it in the same way that 99.99999% of people out there present a CBDC, and that's as though it's a currency. And it's it's going to replace the dollar or the or you know we're not going to use dollars anymore somehow now we're going to use CBDCs or it's just some other form of a dollar or the the fact that it's money right it's a, like a competing form of money and if uh, according to this guy you know what you can do is yes you might have to have some of your money in the form of a central bank digital currency but then you can just try to uh, operate by transacting with cash, silver, gold, Bitcoin, etc. So, you're, so since you're not using that central bank digital currency, the transaction cannot be traced, and that's basically you giving the finger to big, the central planners and the authoritarians and the government. The, the problem I have with this is a central bank digital currency is not a form of money. That that's. It's not what it is. I would argue the dollar really isn't a, a form of money other than green pieces of paper. It's simply an entry on a bank's ledger. So it, it most people see banks as though they are intermediaries, or if they're rather sophisticated, they see banks as though they are the creators of the money supply in large degree. And, and that, that is mostly true. But I would take it a step further and remind everyone that they really don't create anything, like zero. The only thing they do is keep score. They're, they're effectively a scorekeeper at a basketball game. So this is why I always say their balance sheet isn't constrained because is a scorekeeper at a basketball game, or are they somehow constrained? Like if if, if both teams have 105 points, is the referee going to come out and say, whoa, timeout, timeout, we got to stop the game right there? Well, why? Well, we we got to figure out who wins the game. It's tied right now. Well, I know, but unfortunately, the scorekeeper can only go up to 105. No, there's nothing that constrains the scorekeeper. All he has to do is just click the button, and it goes from 105 to 106. It's the same thing the banks. All they do is keep in score. and And just like the NBA scorekeeper isn't constrained, nor is a bank. So once you understand they're just really scorekeepers, then you say, okay, how are they? how is the scoring going to change if they're using a CBDC compared to the dollar? And then you start to realize that, oh, there really isn't a change. So then you say, okay, well, what is the difference? We're still going to be using a dollar. In fact, most people won't even know that we're using a central bank digital currency. In that whiteboard video, I posed a thought experiment and I asked, and I think I did this on this channel the other day, What, let's, how many of you would know the difference or how do you know that we're not on a central bank digital currency right now? You wouldn't know. How do you know that your Wells Fargo account isn't really a liability of the Fed? And how do you know you're not spending bank reserves denominated in dollars instead of commercial bank liabilities denominated in dollars? You, you wouldn't know. So it's the same point. So- How would things be different if we had a central bank digital currency? It's the network that would change. And it's the ledgers that would change. And probably the most significant difference is the point of sale transaction would have to change. So you would have to take the ledgers or part of the ledgers, the ledger system from the commercial banking system and move it over to the Fed. That's how they would institute UBI, because the Fed has an infinite balance sheet. So their liabilities can go on and on and on and on and on, regardless of what their assets, they can have negative equity. They can be insolvent, doesn't matter. Or the banks, it's not the case. So let's move all those retail, commercial bank deposit liabilities over to the Fed's balance sheet. That's step number one. So what we're doing is we're not really changing the, the currency. It's still the dollar. But we're just moving those liabilities over to the Fed. We're consolidating the network of the interbank ledger system. Then, once that ledger system is consolidated, then instead of all of the transactions that happen daily, going to Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, your community bank, blah, 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 all these different places where you can log on and you can see, okay, these are the transactions that happened with my card today. All of that, instead of going to a quasi-decentralized system is all going to go directly to the Fed. Why? Because now they have the ledger. That has nothing to do with the money changing whatsoever. In fact, as of right now, the money in this hypothetical isn't even programmable. And that's one thing that I kind of got wrong. It's not the fact that the, the money becomes programmable. It's simply that the money becomes traceable because of the additional data that is received from the network itself combined with the fact that those ledgers are more consolidated under the umbrella of the federal reserve, the central planners, and the authoritarians. So let's move on. How would they know what you're spending your money on? Well, right now, like we said, if you go to Chipotle and for lunch and you have Wells Fargo, you use your card. As soon as you go back home, you pull up your account online, bam, you see the transaction from Chipotle, Chipotle. $20 $20 debit. Okay. Well, in a CBDC world, especially if they're keeping track of your carbon footprint and whatnot, and your social score, they would have to have not only the vendor name Chipotle, but they would have to also know what you ordered. Did you order a bowl? Did you order a burrito? Did you order guacamole? Did you order steak? Did you order chicken? Did you order tofu? Did you order a, a cricket bowl? If so, good boy. So how, Let's just assume that the only thing they changed was the the money, like this is most people's view. How would the money itself be able to determine the specifics of what you bought at Chipotle? It wouldn't, it wouldn't. So the point of sale at Chipotle, in other words, that network would have to change. They would have to say, okay, in order to have your business license, you have to use the new Fed, uh, Fed, network we'll call it or fednet for every single business and they oh yeah sure i'll i'll be a part of fednet i mean my accounts at the federal reserve and you know who cares yeah i'll be a part of fednet and then what happens before you order you have to come in and just like my gym right now and i'm sure many of you have a gym like this where in order to get into the gym you just have to put your fingerprint down and then you simply go through the little gate or or door glass door whatever it is right and i think that's what it's going to be in the future where you go to Chipotle and before you order, you have to give them your fingerprint. Then with the Fed network that the businesses are now running on, then when they type in their order, all of the data goes to the central planners, not just the the amount of the transaction and the vendor like we have now. This is what accomplishes what we're talking about when we discuss a central bank digital currency, if all you do is have the bank reserves become legal tender and somehow have a programmable bank reserve, that didn't do anything really. I mean, it allows the fed to do UBI and all these things, but it, it's not traceable. There would have to be something that would change on the side of the business owner, the, uh, on the side, on the, on the transactional side in order to collect that data. And that's a very, very important uh, distinction. So the main takeaway is having gold, silver, dollar, cash, Bitcoin out of the system and just saying, oh, well, next time I go down to Chipotle, I'm just going to use cash instead. That, that's not, in my opinion, although that may buy you some time, inevitably, that's not going to allow you to unplug from the CBDC system because it's just a ledger network. In order to purchase anything you know, other than on the black market, you will be required to transact within that ledger network, regardless of what you are using for money. If you're using seashells, dollars, Bitcoin, silver, gold, it doesn't matter. A, a good old-fashioned handshake, <laughs> it doesn't matter if that transaction happens within the network. See, it's It's the network that changes not necessarily the money. And why that's important is because that tells you how you can navigate around this in the future and how you might not be able to navigate around this in the future. So if you didn't watch the whiteboard video, the main takeaway there, as far as what you can do, is you, I think bartering is a good way, but you got to set up your community right now, whether it's face-to-face or online. And I'm not talking about necessarily bartering, bartering, you know, your milk for someone else's uh wool or, or whatever. What I'm talking about is you, you guys you bartering your monthly allocation. So let's say you enjoy eating beef and someone else in your liberty minded community that you know of that you can trust, they are vegetarians, but they have a diesel truck. Okay, well they're gonna hit their limit of diesel before the month is over, and you're gonna hit your limit of beef. But having that network, then you can say, hey, I'll go ahead and buy your diesel because I have a gas car, and you go ahead and buy my beef because you're a vegetarian. Great. And then you go ahead and trade. I think that's going to be a a big part of the future. Maybe not tomorrow, but in the next, let's say, 10 years. And then finding other ways to maybe produce your own stuff that you know will be on the naughty list with the government, that may be another uh, way to navigate. Um, you going to other countries where this is less likely. That's a, another way to maybe buy time. And then of course, operating outside the system, the black market, but obviously I would never suggest anyone doing anything outside of the law. Uh, that's just something that's a decision that you have to make on your own. If if that's the direction you want to go. Uh, so bottom line, I agree with this gentleman. It's, uh, frightening that they're doing this in Brazil. I think that they'll definitely roll this out in places like Australia and Canada, New Zealand, uh, maybe in the United States in the next five years. Um, And I do think they'll definitely have universal basic income. I do think it will be part of a central bank digital currency. But my main difference, the, the, the main difference in our view is that this is not a central bank digital currency. You're not changing money. You're not changing the dollar. What you're changing is the ledger system, the network, the reporting of the businesses within that network, and the software that's involved. The money itself doesn't really change. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. See you in the next video.